Hello, everyone, and welcome back to my podcast. I hope everyone's staying healthy and warm and enjoying this last bit of this warm weather we've had. Today is a very special episode because we have an amazing mentor of mine on today's show. I'm so excited. He is an amazing man of God. He's a friend, a brother, a husband, a co-author, a Christ middleman, and simply just someone who is just merely living their life for Christ and called to the youth generation. Mark has helped me in my faith walk, and he is also someone who I go to often for mentorship, but many young ones also go to him for his wise advice. He has a very unique calling, which he can share about throughout the, throughout the episode, and he's very connected with other people and who other people who are in the church, and he finds himself constantly giving back to his community by serving. He does all of this, and he does it with a sense of humor. He has his very own story and testimony that has been heard by many and placed in books that we will get into later throughout the episode, but I'm so excited for him to share his heart today. I'm with him right now. So with all that being said, Mark, welcome to the show. So great to have you. Thank you for coming on today. All right. Well, thank you very much uh, for inviting me. This is the first time I've ever done a podcast. So even though I've shared my testimony and story with many people, yeah. but I look forward to this uh, conversation and just sharing what God's done to me and what God can do for others. Yeah, so awesome. I'm so excited to get into it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the first, I know the first time I met Mark, actually, we um, we have this similarity. He's 100%. Are you 100% or are you just Greek? Yeah, it's, like, it's about almost. 100% Greek. There is a little bit of Jewish in me too. Okay, yeah. So I'm, or he, he's Greek and I'm Italian. So we had that. Um, similarity when we first met. So I actually just want to ask you to start off, uh, what was your upbringing like being Greek and just, you know, sort of involved with the Greek Orthodox? Right. So, okay. So, uh, you know, just to put things in perspective, I'm a 60 year old man. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, when I was growing up uh, in the Greek Orthodox Church, my father was the president of the church, yes. and so of course we had to go to church every Sunday, and <clears throat> and growing up, you know, my heart just wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. We went, we went every week. We dressed up, we put our suits on, and uh, but just for that for that whole time, just up to about almost seventeen, eighteen years old, I just was never really engaged. Yeah, we knew people, but I just never knew God. Mm-hmm. I heard people talk about them but i just went and just lived like in the world so i just played i at that time i was just like i just did what i thought we were supposed to do i didn't you know what i mean and so i didn't really grow up like really knowing god right it wasn't like relationship based in the sense. well i grew up catholic and it was basically Mm -hmm. the same same exact thing in a sense where it it works for people but for me Mm -hmm. i just couldn't find that connection so i think that's kind of similar right to Mm -hmm. you Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So basically growing up, going to church, but not knowing God. Right. And that's hard because the whole point is to know God and be yeah. on a relationship base, which we'll get more into. But mm-hmm. that's amazing. So, um, yeah, I know we have a lot to talk about, a lot of topics that, you know, I want to cover. Um, so I guess um, the first thing that I kind of want to get into is a little bit of your testimony because, you mm-hmm. know, it's so powerful. And the transformation that you've had is really just so real. And, you know, so if you could just share with us what your life looked like before God, and I know there's a lot to unpack mm-hmm. there, but um, just before you knew him or had a relationship with him, um, okay. like what did that look like for you? And, you know, how is it so different to the way that you you are now? Just your testimony. Okay. So um, I'll share my life basically from age up to 46. Perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. So up to 46, 
before God. Right. Okay. So grew up, you know, a, a large family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have three other siblings and uh, my grandmother, she had a family of 10 kids. So we had a pretty big family. It was a right. close knit family. Like the Italians. <laughs> yes. Yep. And so I kind of grew up, you know, uh, I had a mom and dad, you know, and they were both busy, but there wasn't a lot of discipline. Mm -hmm. Like there wasn't a lot of accountability. Mm -hmm. So we were just kind of like basically just come home to eat and then come home at this time to to go to bed. So there wasn't anybody really watching over us because they were just kind of, they had like their thing going on. Yeah. And so, um, so growing up. Um, it was some, somewhere in, in high school, uh, I, you know, I started smoking marijuana. Now that was back in, let's see. So if that was high school, that was like, so like somewhere around, uh, 76 to 1980s when I graduated. Right. And so you started smoking pot like a little bit, you yeah. know, and you might do a little, you know, couple lines. Like mm-hmm. they said, that was a rich man's high back yep. then. I hear it and, all the time. Mm-hmm. And so then, and so then, um, uh, someone once said, well, why, why don't we grow one plant? You know, we could, and then, you know, you don't have to buy it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, that's like a really good Smart. idea. You know? So it was just like, it kind of intrigued me, you know, so I, I would like a small thing, but it never amounted to very much, but, right. um, but just got into dealing pot, you know, and, yeah. um, and, uh, so as time was going on that, and then I graduated high school, mm. barely because I just didn't put any effort in it, Right. but, um, and then went out to culinary school. I remember it was a t- two year culinary school. Um, and that was basically a blur cause it was just party time right. and it was just, you know, just drinking, going out, just having fun and just, you know, selling drugs and just like, just doing a lot of mischievous things that yeah. really, it wasn't really focused on the culinary, even though I, I love culinary, right. but it was just a blur. Right. And so then that two years kind of passed. And then when I got out, that was uh, like 1982-ish. And then uh, uh, I ended up going to, uh, you know, ended up uh, dating a, a, a woman, and we ended up getting married in 1987. Mm-hmm. We had a couple, we had a couple children, right. and so, and so, uh, and then we ended up uh, getting divorced in uh, j- uh, July of 2007. Right. And so the 20, the 20 years of being married, it just didn't work for us, you know? Right. And, and, uh, so we ended up getting divorced. We have two wonderful children, mm-hmm. um, who are adults, obviously now. Right. And uh, I got beautiful grandchildren. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, so, so that was up to about age. So that was just about up to when I got divorced. Right. Okay. So right. So that's perfect. Yeah. No, that's so, you know, I think it's the things you've gone through are totally so relatable, especially, especially just for this generation that we're living in, you know, Mm -hmm. all the things that kids struggle with nowadays, the things of your parents, there's, you were saying how, you know, you started to get intrigued with marijuana and, and you didn't even know why. And I think that's just like, in our generation now, it's also so normal. So that's why I'm so excited to get you on here because I know you're just going to help 
people because you are not that person anymore, but it's a part of your story. And I think that's what's so cool because we're, we're going to see how you went from, you know, that, so that to this. But um, I, I just want to say, like, from from just this point of view, my generation, you know, um, it's there is so much to unpack. But when you were saying that your parents were not so engaged with you and your your brothers, do you think that do you think it's a place where a lot of trauma can stem from, you know, leading us to almost search for those other highs and other aspects of life? Like, you know, whether that's addiction of any kind or drug, sex, you know, just mm-hmm. any kind. Do you think that um, it can stem from that? And what, like, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, you know, it's like we all have a story. And I uh, remember specifically um, when... <clears throat> I was a young boy and, uh, you know, my dad used to take us out to go basketball playing Aww. and we used to play at the YMCA. We used to do like swimming, we used to Love jog the around the track <laughs> and we used to just have fun. Right. And uh, with the four boys, you know, so he would yeah. take us whatever, once or twice a week. And we really enjoyed that, you know, and, but then uh, there, there became a time where he just, you know, it didn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. And so once that didn't happen anymore, we didn't have that because yeah. we just enjoyed that. We didn't go on. It was just fun. We were just weird. We were like we were doing good. Right. Right. And, uh, and, and so, um, uh, yeah, so. That's similar too. Well, go ahead. But that, that was similar as well. Like with mine, my family as well, too. My upbringing was, you know, you, you know, life can just get busy. Mm-hmm. So that happens. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, so with, uh, so what happened then was, yeah, so once my dad didn't take us anymore, then we started to venture out on our own. And we were young. I don't know how old we were, maybe, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years old. Right. And then we just went out and just started doing mischievous things. Right. You know, just getting into a lot of things that weren't good. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, started to smoke pot, started to, you know, started to sell pot. You know what I mean? And yeah. So it right. just, it just started small, you know, right. when, when my father, you know, didn't start hanging around with us. So then we just tried to, we were just going out and getting mixed up with the um, wrong people. Right. Cause you and, didn't have that sense yeah. of discipline, not in a bad way, but just because mm-hmm. you didn't have the fear of your parents grounding disciplining you or the fear of the lord you didn't have yeah totally Mm -hmm. that's really good right um and yeah i mean i i love that and just to pivot here for a little bit because i think that's so important like in your story i just want to touch a little bit from the book that you were co-authoring in Mm -hmm. and throughout it you said that you were an entrepreneur and you said the idea of smoking and selling marijuana did intrigue you and, you know, even that wasn't enough. So, you know, cocaine was introduced, just like you said, and then you went to culinary school for the love of cooking, and it was all a blur. You said that you did have everything, right? Cash in your pocket. You could really date anyone that you wanted. And I see, we see that so often nowadays. Um, and you just could not find peace whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just want to ask you, from from that, how did God intervene with this addiction? Do you remember what it felt like? when your desire for that finally stopped. Mm. So you were doing the weed, doing all this, these things and time was passing. And so you started to realize you kind of had this addiction and this was probably not the lifestyle you wanted to live. Do you remember a specific time where the Lord was kind of like, or if you just were in general, were like, you know, this needs to stop. 
Right. It, well, the only the only way that it, it it did end up stopping was the day that I got arrested. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so that would that was at age forty six. So as we're as we're fast forwarding right through my twenty years of marriage, I got divorced in oh seven. And um, and now I'm going like full bore with growing marijuana. Right. I had a big warehouse, big operation. Right. And uh, and uh, so after I got divorced, right. Um, I ended up in January of two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was an accident, a tragic accident in um my family right i remember this it said what it was your brother peter right yes yeah he called you early one morning and mm -hmm. he told you about the tragic death of your brother your brother's barely two-year-old adopted daughter mm -hmm. saya mm -hmm. right and you can tell them you described that as hell broke breaking loose within the family yes um and yeah also like you i remember how you said you went to that funeral and had over 700 people from the church. And on that day of the burial, which was on the third day, mm -hmm. um, you felt as if her seed is what gave you life. And the burial yes. of her was the seed that brought you to life. So that's how you described it. I don't, you can definitely go in depth with that. But like from this, tell me, yeah, what were you, you know, what were you experiencing in that time? Mm. What was all that like? Yeah. So it, uh, like, it was pretty crazy. So when I got divorced, in uh it was roughly july of 07 and i figured oh i got everything all set now you know i'm, I'm making i'm yeah. making money i'm single right i got all the boy toys i yeah. got everything all fancy yeah. you know because that's what i thought you know what i mean more toys for the boys right yeah and um so <clears throat> but i could never find any peace yeah. and i was at age 46 and I just couldn't find peace. I just was trying to go for more money and I just wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe it was women and that just, well, I couldn't fulfill this void no matter what I did. Mm -hmm. And so then in, <clears throat> in January of 08, there was a phone call that came in the morning. It was a Thursday morning and it was my older brother, Peter, sharing that our other brother, Stephen, and his wife Sherry, my sister-in-law, mm -hmm. they had an adopted daughter who, who was barely two years old. Her name was Saya, but mm -hmm. there was a tragic accident, wow. and she ended up passing quickly. Wow! And so that's when all hell broke loose. Right. Because when I got that phone call, it's like you know, so your body's like in a shock almost. You're like, what just happened? Like reality you? hits. Yeah, and you know, then they got all this other stuff going on, and so then, right. any, uh, anyhow, so then during during that whole time, um, on the on the third day was the day of the funeral, mm -hmm. and I believe the burial was the the same time. I think I can't remember exactly, but right. but uh, <clears throat> so we were at. Uh, church at bethany assembly of god mm -hmm. and uh they probably seat over 700 people there yeah it's pretty big so uh there's my uh my brother's you know his adopted daughter saya is there right. in, a, in this little baby coffin in front yeah. and there's the the altar thing there right? right and all these people are packed in there's people coming from all over the place people that well, we didn't even know yeah that uh were there and so what happens is uh, then my brother goes up 
Stephen, and he's going to share. He's going to speak. Right, right. And I'm like, like, what's he going to say? You know? <laughs> yeah. And so what happens is my uh, brother, right? Yeah. Shares a, uh, he wrote a eulogy. Right. And I have the eulogy, what what was wow. spoken. And yeah, so, that's so powerful. And so I'll share that uh, eulogy because it's uh, pretty crazy. But Yeah. It, uh, and this eulogy is the one that, when you were describing it to me, it, it was the one that kind of rocked you and, and moved, right? It shook yeah, you in a right. sense. Almost yeah. like you felt like God was like, like all right, like I kind of got to like, right. I feel, I'm feeling something right now exactly. while, I'm, while I'm here. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because... Yeah. Um, during that time, it was like God was preparing me and Holy Spirit was definitely put this on my brother Yes, to speak this. And just to back up a little bit too, my, uh, sister-in-law Sherry's, uh, cousin Sue from California, um, flew out. And so she flew 3000 miles Mm -hmm. and, uh, I didn't know this at the time, but she's just like full of God. She's full of Jesus, you know, and the Lord told her to just go love the family. Don't do anything else. Just Mm -hmm. love the family. Yeah. And I think it was like a night before the, like the actual burial or the, like the, like the wake and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Sue knew to go and she was talking to my brother and she said that you need to go and speak. And my brother said, I can't do it. And she said, you have to go because it's going to be a harvest of souls. Oh my gosh. That is wow. Yeah. So, and then my brother said, yes. And as he began to put the pen to paper, I I didn't know this at the time, but God was speaking through him. Right. And what to write. And so here's, here's, so yeah, share it. what does a man say when he just lost their two-year-old daughter exactly. in a tragic death? Right. So here's what was spoken. Saya, eulogy. Saya, our angel on loan. I want to praise God for all the blessing he has bestowed upon my family all my life. I cannot stand here on my own strength but only the strength the Lord has given me to do so. Everything we have is on loan. We own nothing. We come into the world with nothing and we leave with nothing. No one, no one is promised tomorrow. So please love one another like there is no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. The greatest commodity we have is love, to receive it and to give it. Why the Lord only loaned us this angel for two years will know in time or when we get to glory, her seed will blossom. I would say to my father, only the good die young, and you and I aren't going anywhere soon. He'd say, speak for yourself. Mm-hmm. Saya was an angel to all that met her. I believe God preserved Saya before the world could perverse her soul. Mm-hmm. Who's more welcomed in the Lord's arms than the innocence of a beautiful child? She is not accountable, but we here that have heard of the Lord and his son are all accountable for our sinful nature. Don't weep for us, but weep for the one that does not have a relationship mm-hmm. with God and his son. It's the only way to true peace. Mm-hmm. Don't let Saya's death be the end of hope, but the beginning of faith. 
My home stands firm as a family of Christ. Whoever believes in God's Son will have everlasting life. The only way I can see my daughter again is to believe in him and do our best to strive towards the likeness of Jesus. If you don't read and believe in God's word, you don't believe in the promise of a place called heaven. God does not break promises. Mm -hmm. Saturday morning, our faith was met with your prayers. My wife and I woke up and talked about Wednesday's tragic events all morning. The pain was lifted from both of us. We looked at each other and knew we had received the promise of the Holy Spirit, the comforter, which Jesus promised his father would send after his death. We had peace. It's been undeniable, a miracle. How can we humanly possibly have a moment's peace in a time like this? Thank you, Lord. If God can lift this pain, anything is possible if you believe and trust in him. This tragedy does not bring a wedge between God and my family. We stand arm in arm in God's faithful, in, in God's fruitful plan with our lives as we strive towards him as one. The video presented today shows all the joy she brought to our lives. My daughter is one of the most beautiful souls I ever knew. I wow. love my wife and my boys more than ever. Mm -hmm. I love all of you. Mm -hmm. As we were driving here, my wife read me Philippians. Mm -hmm. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you all for being here. The note. My wife read amplified to me in the car driving over and God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace, which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Wow. I have chills. That That is... Oh my gosh. So she, her, their, their adopted daughter is, it just keeps bringing me back to that seed that gave you life. Mm -hmm. Like that, she plays such a significant role in your life with Jesus and how mm -hmm. it, and it changed. Um, I mean, that is just something else. I think anyone in that room must have been shooken. Yeah, that was, you know, and that happened to be on the third day. So she was, you know, it was three days on that day. And when she when when they buried her, so her seed, and I didn't realize this at the time, right? But her seed is what gave me life because Sue, who had flew in from California, right? I don't know what I said. I don't remember what I said. Right. But she's a born again believer, right? And I just gave my life to the Lord. You were committed. drawn to her. I was drawn to her because there was something about her. It was God in her mm -hmm. that was. It was the thing I was missing. It was like, because there was a void in my heart and I was yes. trying to fill it with money, possessions, and all that stuff. Yeah, so I was trying to fill that void with all the material stuff, all the money, right. you know, women, possessions, just everything. And nothing could satisfy me. And I was 46 now, and I was like, nothing is satisfying me, period. Mm, mm -hmm. And But when she was there, it was God in her, just the love that was, was coming out of her was just drawing me. And yeah. God was, it's because it's it was my time. And so I gave my life to the Lord. I didn't even know what I said. I don't remember. I remember now. Right. But I don't remember then yeah. what happened. I had no clue what I did. I came <laughs> from a Greek church. I never heard any of this stuff. Right. And they were sort of like singing. They're all happy. I was like, what's going on? I had no clue what's happening here. 
And you're so, like, my life just, my life, as you look back, you're like, wow, my life literally completely changed. Yeah, well, yeah, like, but at the time, I was like, I don't even you know just, what happened. I know. So then I just, so I gave my life to the Lord on the third day. Right. Her seed right. was what gave me life. But I didn't, I didn't know that. But when I, then the next day, when I went back into going into my regular business. Right. Going, going to marijuana, doing right. all this other stuff. All of a sudden, like, I didn't realize mm -hmm. it, but when I gave my life to the Lord, the Holy Spirit was now in me. Yeah. You know, and that's what the Bible says. He goes, I'll send you a comforter. I'll yes. send you, you know, when I leave. And when right. I believe as Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, he goes, I'm going to send you the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. It's now going to live in you. Yes. And I, I didn't realize this at the time, but there was like this conviction to yes. stop. Right. And I couldn't stop. Yes. I couldn't stop whatsoever. It was like. That feeling. And like, I didn't know this, but I was like, oh, I can make. All right, well, I lost this much. Well, again, all right, I got lost two million. I got to make another million. I got mm -hmm, five more years. Mm -hmm. and I lost five million dollars. Uh -huh. you know? And it's like, oh, so, but there was no peace. Mm -hmm. And, and he, but little did I know that was the enemy just going, oh, just go. You can keep going. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know? But the Holy Spirit's like, it's like, you know, the conviction was there, and I just couldn't. The stronghold was too—it was too strong. Yeah. Until April 11th, mm. when all of a sudden I got the knock on the door. So crazy. And all of a sudden, it was the DEA. It was the helicopter, state police, the helicopters, dogs, dogs uh, IRS. Oh my gosh! And they're going around the house. They're checking up and down, and and. I'm handcuffed there, and they're going through the whole place, but I had it at a warehouse. And then they're going, it's not here, going to the warehouse. And they went in the warehouse, and it was a big operation, you know. It was a big 24 by 24. Right. It had 20, I don't know how many watts. So it was like, uh, like it had a whole bunch of, I don't know, 50,000 watts of lights there. And wow. it, it just had everything, big generators, yeah. everything. Your whole business. Your, yeah, so your my business. kingdom... My kingdom, kingdom came crashing down yes. in uh, one day. Wow. All all of my kingdom that took my whole life up to 46 years old just all of a sudden came crashing down. Right. Everything. Right. And as I sat there handcuffed in my house and I'm looking out the window and going through the house, I felt all of a sudden like a veil come off my head. Mm. And so when the veil came off my head, it was like, whoa. It was like almost like being in a dark room. My whole life, I couldn't see. Right. And all of a sudden, somebody turned a light on, yeah. a light switch in the room, and I'm looking. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what the heck? It's like, I'm, I'm looking. I was like, what was I thinking all these years? And what God was telling me, he goes, there was such a stronghold on you that you couldn't see it. And I had to set you free from this. So I felt like there was a veil that was on my head that suddenly came off my head. So I could see now. Wow. And that was, that was so January, February, March. It was, that was like three months after I got saved. Yeah. Because I couldn't stop on my own. I just couldn't do it. And God's like saying, I have, I have to help you because you can't do it. And it had to, had to happen like this because it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have stopped. It wouldn't have. It wouldn't have stopped because the, it was just, just the maze was just like, it was too complicated. Yeah. You know, it was too many things that were tangling. It was yeah. all, it was all tangled up. I just couldn't get out of it. Gosh, so, so that is just so, I mean, that is so God, you know, I think when you think of, when you say the veil literally came off of your, you know, I, I literally pictured it as you're saying it, like a veil, just like you were so deceived before mm -hmm. that this was your life. And, and, and I know it, we talked a little before the episode, but it felt like almost 
you know, you were living in your, you said it was your kingdom coming crashing down. But at the same time that that day, the Lord was like, I had to do this because, because this is your next step to, right. to walking with him. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because I was on my way to hell. Exactly. And he snagged me in the nick of time. Yeah. He'll because do that. it wasn't going to look good for me at all. So, right. yeah. So, uh, as, uh, So as I'm sitting here handcuffed, I'm looking out the window and I see him carting off the $70,000 Corvette. I see him carting off the $40,000 Eddie Bauer. I see him wow. carting off the $20,000 Indian uh, Roadster road bike. You know, I see him carting off a, my a $20,000 boat. I see him carting off the two snowmobiles and everything the trailer. Everything you've owned. <laughs> and, and, and just everything I built my kingdom. Right. But not not the right way. Right. And as they're as they're carting everything off, I was like, "It's over." Mm. I was like, I was actually happy. I didn't wow. care. Wow. I was like, "It's over," because I could all of a sudden I could see. And even though I know I had just gotten saved like three months prior, mm -hmm. I know in heaven I was forgiven. Right. But so then I'm like, but then I'm like looking down here and I'm looking at everything and go, but I got to deal with all of this. <laughs> right. You're like, I got to go to church next Sunday while uh, my, my name's in the paper. <laughs> How's that going to feel? Yes. So I, I had to deal with all of this. And so that was challenging for the next year and a half. Right. You know, they're trying to chase me to put me away and... And, you know, they're following you around or mm -hmm. following your ex around or mm -hmm. following. They're trying to find people. You know, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So of it's just course. like. And then in the meantime, I was trying to I was chasing God at the same time. Right. So there's this like tight tension. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, then here I am trying to go to church now because I've been right. I was just starting and I, right. and I really want to go. Mm -hmm. But it's like going in there, you're like all embarrassed. Oh, you're like going to church, you know what I, I mean? But but yeah. I just gave my life to the Lord again right. and asked for forgiveness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was. you were so dependent on... Yeah. He was teaching you how to be dependent on him yes. in that moment for the first yes. time that you've mm -hmm. ever had to. Mm -hmm. And I think he needed it to be like that so that you could do that. Yes. But explain go back a little and explain to me a little bit that night in prison like where yeah, yeah explain to me that where, where was your mind was there yeah, like so well when they carted me off that was like a friday afternoon they i think they took me over to the Aguam jail like at whatever time one one o'clock in the afternoon or something and and then they let me have a phone call after 5 30 yeah so you, you know, can't get to the bank they can't get bailed out and it was a friday so they had to you know, all timed out pretty good. Right. And so, but when I got in jail there, I basically got on my knees mm. in, in jail mm -hmm. and just said, Lord, I says, I deserve this. Right. But give me a soft landing. Mm. That's so powerful. So I, I, I never curse God out. I, cause it's me. I mean, why, why, why would I even blame God? He has nothing to do with it. He's, right. he's trying to help me. I know. Yeah, he's trying You're to help not, me. See, what I liked was you weren't playing victim, which is no. something that a lot of people can have, you know, that's a thing yeah. they can do. Oh, poor me. But you were just like, God fix me. Like there's something, right. you know, you ignore the first thing you did though was acknowledge. And so I think when you got on your knees and you asked him for a soft landing, I mean, go ahead and continue, but that's yeah. awesome. And so he did like during that year and a half, cause it took a year and a half between, you know, trying to, you got to get the lawyers, you got to go back and forth with their courts. I mean, it just takes a year and a half. It's right. just, just, just like how it works. Yeah. 
right. and then you try and you know and but the thing that I told my attorney was that go work a deal out and get this over as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it takes. You heard Just that work from... a deal out. That's what I told him. Oh, you t- okay, right? Yeah. I said go work a deal out. Yeah. I says I don't want to fight it. Because we're fighting it, right. then they're just gonna yeah, exactly. they're gonna fight back, exactly. and if you're gonna make them work hard, yep. then they're gonna put this they're 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 gonna nail you, they're gonna nail their coffin uh, shut right. if you lose. Did to be careful. And I was just like, I don't care. Yep. I'll do whatever it takes. Mm. I'll do whatever I gotta do. Right. Just it's me. I was in charge, and just get it over. Accountability. With. Of I, yourself. I want it. Yes. Yes. That's and God great. honored that. Yes. And, and that's know, amazing. And I, and I know that God was pleased. I didn't get mad at him because some people get a bitterness. Well, exactly. Go ahead. Yeah, that that that. Mm -hmm. Well, I think also with accountability, something that, you know, just because we were talking to like you have a relationship with the Lord, but he wants to, you know, it's asking you shall receive, not Mm -hmm. ask for a million dollar house and you receive in a Mm -hmm. way, but more so asking for the things that you need to be able to walk every day and he'll give it to you just like you said Mm -hmm. so i know you said your life totally changed 18 months after this and you finally had peace and joy unspeakable you said that oh yeah you know let me add too right so so the crazy thing is is one day like during that that 18 months after i got arrested so the what they do is they it was my attorney i think it was like the other attorney they might have had so like a a social worker or something and they're asking me questions and here's one of the questions that they ask me right as i'm sitting here with my attorney mm-hmm. and they're because they're checking to make sure i'm okay yeah like uh do you have any uh do you feel like committing suicide and right. how you feeling right now yeah right and the thing that came out of me was i have total joy wow no so way. they were looking at me like they didn't know how to respond to that because they were like what? they're like what it's supernatural like, what? yeah they just like they don't know. They like. They're like, you know, how could And then you they possibly... got like a student person there on the other side, like yeah. taking notes with this guy. And you're like, what? He's got joy. How's that possible? Oh my gosh, that's yeah. that's, and that's the the joy of the Lord. Like that's what it is that you can still have. You know, when you're going through a really hard time, and you, you we're going through mm-hmm. this terrible time, but you can still, He'll still give you joy in mm-hmm. in Him. Because, you know, it's so hard. You're like, I'm in jail. But if I focus on here, like how you say, I have heaven and, and I got to right. deal with heaven, but I got to deal with here. But let me just tap in to, mm-hmm. to this, that he says everything's going to be okay. And then pivoting from that, you also said at the end of this testimonial, you put Isaiah 61, 7. And it yeah. said, instead of your shame, and this is why you could have joy, instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And with mm-hmm. that, you absolutely do have double honor. And, mm-hmm. and... I think that is so, so inspiring because people, you know, can often think that they're stuck in their past and that's, that's what, that's what they're looked at. They feel so like ashamed, but your life is, is defined by, by, you know, Isaiah 61, Mm seven, because you're not looked at as that anymore. You know, it says when the Lord says that he forgives you, he casts, he erases that from the, you know, cast it to the sea. And Mm -hmm. I think that is so Mm -hmm. amazing and, and. You have something to add. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, just to add, okay, so after I got done with the court stuff in that 18 months, so now I'm like on this journey. Right. It's called growing in God's grace. Mm-hmm. Okay, which a lot of church I don't think really understands because they think like it's because you gave your life to the Lord, like you're supposed to be perfect all of a sudden. Right. 
It's steps. But right. So what's happened? So what the Lord did with me, because I have a testimony to share about that and I get where people are at. It's like I'm 46 years old. It took you 46 years to get in this huge mess. Right. You know, so people can get a lot of healing fast. Right. I mean, I did get fast, but it still took time because there was a lot of stuff that he had to like show me. Of course. You know, like the first thing was like when I got saved was God was highlighting me to stop at the marijuana. Right. So that's the first thing he had to get rid of because that was like major. And how hard was that when you were? Oh, was I was like, hard? I couldn't even do it on my own. That's why when I got arrested, is right. he apprehended me. Right. And then that's when the veil came off. So that was yeah. the beginning of growing in God's grace. He goes, I See? had to do this for you because you would have never stopped. The own. enemy had kept telling you, oh, right. just keep going. Right. But I didn't know it was a devil. Right. I just, I just wanted to get the more money so I could I just know. live happily ever after. Right. Did you almost have like a withdrawal from it? Were you kind of like... No, like, well, it was obviously like, like internally. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely going through something. You know I, mean? like, I know because it's, a but I was okay with it. Right. I was okay with it. And he has favor on that. He can, oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. can totally wipe any addiction. He that... he did it in a way that I could handle it. Yeah, you know I mean, it was, like, it was like a gradual thing. But so, as uh, I'm growing in God's grace, and and now the 18 months is over. You know, that whole arresting happened, and then. Uh, God had orchestrated it for me to buy a restaurant in the town that I got right. arrested in. Okay. Talk about, so, yeah. so then, so then I would work cause uh, you know, I uh, went to culinary school right. and, uh, cooking was in our family's DNA. You yeah, know? Like and too. so God had me working in a sweaty hot kitchen, <laughs> but serving the community. There you go. That's you what know? I do. And so it was basically, uh, um, a ministry disguised mm. as a restaurant right see so for that whole time of the nine years that i owned it we bought i bought that in december of 08 and we sold it in uh october 2017 so we had it for nine years so that was actually a training ground mm -hmm. where god was training me right and growing in him right and him and just you know just growing in god's grace like you know you know there's no more with the women there's no more right. you know there's no more cheating on yeah. your taxes there's no more yep. none of this none of it. and and showed me how to run a business in a godly manner yes. and doing it in partnership with him so because cool. you know i was going to a bible study after i got saved right. and for uh it was a Bible study that group that's been around for like, I don't know, 35 years or so. Mm -hmm. And, and it was a non-denominational. Right. So it was all different denomination people, like young, all the way up to, you know, whatever, right. 15, 16 years old, all the way up to like 75 years old. Yeah. It'd be like 30, 40 of us. We would split off in groups and they would just go and they would just speak about, you know, they put me since I was new in the Gospels. So right. I stayed in the Gospels for a year. They said, well, you're a new believer, stay in the Gospels. So I was in a group and they would read the, the, the scriptures, but then they would talk about like how to apply it to your life. Yeah. And I never heard this stuff before. I, I never read the Bible. <laughs> and so I would sit there, but my spirit in me was drawing me to keep going back every week. See? And so for a year, I never said anything. Wow. I would just like listen. I was like a sponge. And I was right. like, because I'd never heard this stuff before. Right. And but then, finally, I I said I want my own testimonies now. Mm -hmm. And then God started giving my own testimonies, and I started, you know, really hearing from God. You know what I mean? Yeah, from Him, right. because His Word says, "If you seek Me, you'll find Me." Yes. And so as I started to pursue, 
Oh, so I, I should add this too, is yeah. when my when that happened to my sister-in-law and, and my brother, when yeah. they they lost their, their uh, adopted daughter, right. um, I saw my sister-in-law reading the Bible seven to eight hours a day. Wow. And I saw her, because I would walk through the house after it all happened, and I would see her every day just in it. And I heard voices all around saying, they're not going to make it. Wow. Uh, they're going to divorce. Right, right. They're going right. to drink. The devil. They're going to, yep, they're going to just not going to work. Yeah. It's going to collapse. Mm. There's no way they can make mm. it. Right. But I saw what happened. Mm. And then when it came my time and the arrest came. Yeah. And because like a spirit of depression came on me. Of course. Because right? my old kingdom came crashing right. down. Right. So you're like, what's And next? they froze my bank accounts and uh -huh. everything in there, right? And then all I had left was they left me a charge card on the table. I didn't have a car. Wow. Wow. And so... I had to then get in the Bible, yeah, because I saw what got yeah. her out. Because then that was the only thing that was setting me free. Because I, because the word, His word was healing to me, mm -hmm. and I would read it. I was doing what she was doing. I could actually feel like, yeah, it it couldn't it couldn't grip me because I was just in the word. That's yeah. the medicine. It's the that's truth. the healing. It's the healing. It's the healing word. Yeah, you know what I mean, he had to strip you down. Strip me down to yeah, to yeah. to yeah. nothing, and I was okay with it. <laughs> right. And, and, but there was also God had put people around me that around our whole family, even with my brother and sister, like just in January right. to surround us with godly people mm -hmm. who just like, you know, just really ministered to us. It was really huge. And for myself, because yeah. even when I got arrested, they called me back the next day and said a condemnation. They said, God's got a great plan for you. And they were praying for me behind the scenes because I was in bed. And I never had depression on me before. And right. I was like, first time I ever had it. Right. And I was like, what is this? It's 3 o'clock oh, in the afternoon. I, I can't get out of it's bed. I yep. couldn't do it. I never had that my whole life. Yeah, never, ever. Mm -hmm. But they were praying for me. And they called me and they said, oh, why don't you come on over? Have a little mm -hmm. meal. Why don't you come on over? Mm -hmm. God's got a great plan for you. Come on over. Yep. Well, little did I know, they were all praying for me. Wow. And so when I got over there, they started laying hands on me and stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to start praying for me. I was like, they were kind so, of freaking me out, but I was still there. Yeah. But they were praying for me. And then when I when I, when I, when I ended up leaving there uh, that late afternoon, I was like refreshed. I was like, wow. It says, I never want to go back to that again. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it's so true. That void that you have, that we have, it fills. So your whole world could be coming down, mm -hmm. all the money, all the this, all the that. But for some reason, you find yourself wanting to go back, even though you don't have all those things, because you think that those are going to make up your life and your joy and your void. But it, it doesn't. And it just goes to show that that's your story. Right. Because you know? I didn't want to go back to it all. Right. Because I just knew right. none of it was no good. Because now that I was starting to grow right. in God's grace and I was seeking him because the word says, seek me and you'll find, find me. me. So it was going to Bible study. It was me pursuing once a week. Yes. Getting to Bible study, but picking up the word every day. Not reading a lot, but just like a little bit and how to apply it. I would right. get the life application Bible. Like the, the NIV was great because then it, it like put it in the bottom when you read it, you read the reference and that like tells you how to apply it. And that like helped big time. And the Bible study was huge too, because they all shared yeah. what, you know, how to apply what they all read. So they shared real stories. Yeah. And I never heard that before. I never heard it like that. I know. Me either when I first, but that, it just goes to show for your testimony. It's like you knew what you had to do to meet God. Mm -hmm. So you did do that. And I think that all, that, that happened. He did that with you so that whoever is listening to this right now can literally 
know that, you know, just step out. Like, like you said, you would go to the Bible study, you wouldn't talk, but you, you knew God was doing something or just like, maybe you just have to like purchase a Bible. Like you don't even have to like read it or hide. You don't even have to get colored pens. Like you can just like go on Amazon and like be intrigued by it mm-hmm. and just from listening to this. And I think mm-hmm. that's, what's so powerful about your testimony. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I love how, you know, Isaiah 61 does say, instead of shame, you shall have double honor. And so I, I want to kind of pivot and get into a little bit as we close out in the next uh, 15 minutes or so, how you, you know, your God took you from basically prison to palace. And I kind of want to know, like, you know, when that started to shift, did you find yourself getting involved into different churches? And I know you explained it a little bit, but, um, you know, you started to be feeling called to be a leader. And did you ever just like get, go through like that sense of imposter syndrome where you felt like the devil would bring, bring up your past and how did you combat that? Mm, Yeah. So for, for me, I'm probably one of the more unusual types right? because I just knew that I was forgiven of much. Right. Okay. And so I just knew, even though the devil would try to bring up things in the past, yeah. but I was just in the word. Right. I was in the word. Yeah. And when you're in the word, I mean, you're in the word every day. It says you're surrounded by the right people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if you're just like floating around there on your own, you're not in the word, you're just doing it. You're just going to listen to the enemy. You know what I mean, he's, he's going to have total, he's going to have rule and reign over and you. And your identity Yeah. So when you fill your body with the word, you're full of the word. Mm-hmm. So there's no room for his lies. Right. So Otherwise, true. you'll just believe all the lies. You're no good. Look at you. You're going to be like this for the rest of your life. Oh, and yeah. you're just going to just, it's a vicious circle for you. Yeah. Well, perfect. I love that answer. What do you think the major thing that helped you grow in Christ? Like, what was that? Do you have a major thing? Like, did you attend? I know you said you did attend a Bible study, so mm-hmm. you did answer that. Do you think that's necessary? Did you think that was necessary for you or someone listening to to possibly get involved? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, for somebody to just get saved or give their life to the Lord, you absolutely need a really good Bible study, like how do you apply yes. what you're reading and you need real life stories, you know, Terrible. because that's where the growth is going to come. That's how you're going to grow. And what happens is, is that when you're in it and you just, even if like, you don't have to, uh, I'm not an avid reader. So if I can right. get this far, yeah. anybody can. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, uh, and so even if you just read a page, even a couple, right. but the more you get in it, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, like the first time, like the first like while, like you're reading it, well, I don't really get this, but as you read mm-hmm. it, because of the whole, if, you know, if you give your life to the Lord, Jesus says, I'm, I'm going to send the comforter. That's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's going to come and live and dwell in you. Right. And he's the one that's going to give you the spirit of revelation. So yeah. when you read, it, you're getting revelation knowledge, yes. not just information knowledge. Because if you yeah. don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you're just reading a book of morals. Exactly. And it's just, it's called information knowledge. Exactly. And it's just, just they'll go, oh, that's just a book of morals. Yep. But when you have the Holy Spirit in you, mm-hmm. you're getting uh, revelation knowledge from heaven. Yeah. So it's, it's awakening you. It's quickening you. Yeah. You know? So and great. So, yeah. yeah. I know God's doing so much with you and I know it's moving pretty quick and, I know we don't have to get into all the details, but I know that you did recently get ordained down in Idaho. And so I wanted to touch on that a little bit because I just want to show people and I know they can just hear it from the fruit of your spirit. But Mm -hmm. what God can do with you from, you know, going 
through situations like this, being addicted and this and that to mm-hmm. being ordained. Like to me, that is just a transformation and a testimony in itself. So mm-hmm. um, explain to us that process and how the Lord sort of appointed all of that. Yeah. So, you know, as you grow in your walk with God, right? Because mm-hmm. I got saved in uh, 2008, right? And so we're at, where are we now? We're in 2022. It's 14 yeah. years ago. I mean, yeah. so I've been growing in it. And as you grow in the Lord, like you're in a Bible studies, things will naturally flow out of you. It's not like I was looking into the, I just had a heart now to mm-hmm. just help others and right. to just share the good news. Right. Because it's like, I just knew in my spirit, it was like, this is such an amazing transformation and right. gift i was just like my spirit was like joy i didn't need all the money i mean yeah i still <laughs> exactly. you know i still need money living stuff but god provides for me yes and but um but uh things just naturally flow to like you know help help people you know uh help other ministries yeah. you know like the rescue mission like there's just a lot of different right. ministries that right. that you can help and just pour out to like there's prison ministries like yeah. you, you go speak to people yep. you know who are going through like the same thing yeah you know what i mean because there's a lot of people going through what a i've lot been of through people, a lot of them and so um and so yeah so those things all like naturally flowed right yeah so and so now it comes to the point you know here we are in 2022 14 years later so god just had me like a few months ago well actually it was uh no sorry september Mm -hmm. september of this year and he the lord wanted me to go to idaho and there's a ministry called uh i am the way.org it stands for international apostolic ministries Mm -hmm. and the lord was telling me to go there to get ordained uh, as a minister wow and so I was asking guys, why do I have to do this? Right, do you right. know what I mean? It's like, why do I got to do this? I mean, I got my relationship with you and I know because right. I, I, in my relationship and everyone else can have this is is I hear from the Father, I hear from the Son, I hear from the Holy Spirit. I right. hear from all three. Yes. I didn't come right away. That came in my growing over a four, 14 years of right. just like just pursuing Him. Right. Pursuing Him, you know? Yeah. And just loving people the way Jesus, Jesus loved people. Loves, yeah. And so... And so, uh, yeah, so now the Lord's telling me to go to Idaho and uh, to be ordained. And so I got I got the tickets. I flew. I went there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am the way dot org ministry um, is they recognize because everybody does ordaining differently. You know, you can go online. Right. You can you can be an ordained ministry. You pay like probably 10 bucks and right. you get it in the mail. Yeah. But this ministry is they, they're a bunch of apostolic leaders, but they recognize that you're called by God. Right. And all they do is they acknowledge that you've been called by God. Wow, that's and they, awesome. And, and they recognize it because it's Jesus is the one that ordains people. Right, You know, right. to, to be course. a minister. Yeah. I, I wasn't like asking for it, but it just like, it yeah. just naturally came. Well, that's the best. He goes, because you're one of my ministers. Yes. And so here I, here I am going there, flying there and they, they prayed over me and they were giving me words, whatever, uh, Holy Spirit was, was speaking them uh, mm-hmm. over me. And so there was a blessing in all that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because that just really helps when you're coming in a, in alignment with other apostolic leaders yeah. 
to how do we bring the kingdom of heaven upon right. the earth? Yeah. And God's like, I'm, I'm going to birth this. This is birthing in you. This is what? Yes. This is my 14 years walk. You yes. Know? And he really is giving you double honor, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and with that, you know, you, you know, that's, that's so amazing. And I'm just, I'm excited for what else he's going to do with you. And, but you are also a co-author of a book called Real mm-hmm. Life Stories. Mm-hmm. And I love this because it's so touching for people. And I know I've, used these books to minister to other people's mm-hmm. lives as well. And so it's the Lighthouse Edition 8, and the book states that it contains examples of how people just like you have seen and followed the light through life's storm. So just explain to us a little bit about who Jim Barbosa, how do you say? Barbarossa. Barbarossa. So Jim Barbarossa, who is he? And, you know, how do these books, how are they a form of ministry that you're a part of? Yeah, so God had orchestrated me back uh, back a number of months ago um, about uh, this guy, Jim Barbarossa. Um, I ended up buying a shofar off him, but that's another whole story. I won't get into that. But uh, he also has a ministry uh, where he uh, publishes these real-life storybooks. And basically what it is is... Uh, on the front cover, there's a lighthouse, and it shows like a major storm, and it shows like the rough seas, and the rough seas are just like, you know, crashing up against the rocks, and in the seas, it's got the words like abortion, violence, sickness, fear, pornography, no loneliness, accidents, divorce, depression, mm-hmm. death, abuse, job loss, all of it, mm-hmm. and we all go through storms, mm-hmm. and so when you're in a ship, and you can't see where you're going in a storm. You don't want to crash up against a rock because it's a total disaster. You can get killed. And so mm-hmm. and so you go towards the, the light. And so these real-life storybooks are basically testimonies of people, and they share their life stories. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up uh, co-authoring a book. Uh, the guy, Jim Barbarossa, God had birthed this ministry through him, and they use these as uh, eva- uh, uh, evangelistic tools. And... Uh, if you if you look in the back of the book, they have like all the people's faces where their testimonies are all inside here. And each testimony is, you know, two to four pages long. And then they have their contact information. And it, it just they all share their stories, how God took them through. Because like this mm-hmm. isn't the God I heard about when I was mm-hmm. growing up. I never heard that before. Mm-hmm. So this was all kind of new to me. But this is a, a very powerful tool. But this uh, but the addition eight has got um that's coming out in November, um, has got my story in it. And, um, so that's, that's coming out in November, but it's also available online now for free down, downloadable in digital form. Wow. Um, which I think that, uh, she's going to share that in, in a link afterwards, yeah. but she'll, she'll talk about that. But anyhow, yeah. So my testimony's in that. And, uh, yeah, yeah so that's amazing. I love that. I think, it's such a good way too to have it digital, so that because everyone is digital now, and it's free, and it's free, and I think free, free, F-R-E. everybody loves free. <laughs> yeah, we all love free, and I think that in itself, you know, even handing them out to people, mm-hmm. it's because whatever experience, see how you're saying you've been set free. Mm-hmm. We also want that when you experience that. I think that is the gospel, and those mm-hmm. are that is qualities of a Christian. You you're not so much pressuring or. or preaching to people but you are just telling them what you went through and the experience you encountered with the living god and you just want them to be set free like you were exactly you know 
Yeah. And um, because I'm trying to save them from a train wreck. I was on the train wreck, and if I can stop, like if I can help somebody to oh minimize gosh. the train wreck, I know. We try to do, I try to do whatever I can. I don't care really? how weird I look. <laughs> yeah, doesn't like, matter. Yeah, you know. And mm-hmm. I think yeah. So, a couple more questions. Would you say that you finally have bliss and joy now? And if you could, you know, if you could just like tell someone listening right now. Maybe who's like someone who's like stuck in your past life. Mm-hmm. What would you tell them? All right. So I have joy unspeakable. Mm, yep. Even with everything that's going on in the world right now, God just is saying, just keep your focus on me. Mm-hmm. Right? Because his word says, look, he takes care of the birds of the air mm-hmm. and he feeds them every day. Yet they don't go out and store anything, but I feed them every day. Aren't you more important? Right. So God's been really, he's really taking care of my whole family. My whole family's been blessed. Mm-hmm. Even with the, like, even with the radical 180 degree turn yeah. from my wicked ways right. and coming towards him, yeah. God has blessed my children oh, big yeah. time. So they, they, they both end up getting saved. They're both blessed big time. Wow. And I got beautiful grandchildren. Right. And so the payoff is, is it, it trickles down. It does. You know? And so, mm-hmm. uh, it's worth all the pain that you've gone through. Right. Like if I look back on it, like, like if I know that, you know, if I knew ahead of time, like what I was gonna have to go through, I would have said, I'm not signing up for all that. <laughs> right. You know what I mean, but when you go through it and then you look back in the mm-hmm. end, yeah. you're like, I wouldn't trade that for, for anything. The world. I know. I when you're going through it, you're like, oh, dang. No, like, you think it would never end. No, it's you're like, like my life. I am trying yeah. to just barely hang on. But I'll be honest about it. Yeah, no, like it, it was challenging, mm-hmm. but I was staying in the word mm-hmm. and being around the right people who supported mm-hmm. me was critical. Yeah. Was critical because it will get you out. I want everyone on this episode who just heard that to like rewind and then just like listen to that mm-hmm. and, and listen to it again because I think that is exactly what someone needs to hear right now because, you know, we all go through storms and we everyone has different things that we go through and it's like... The answer is the word. It's the truth. It's, it's, he's the life. And for you to just like have that as your testimony, I think is so incredibly inspiring as Mm -hmm. well, you know? Mm -hmm. And also I wanted to just pull a couple, you know, Bible scriptures out for you guys that, um, I, you know, I kind of think correlate with what we're speaking on. And, and if you do feel convicted right now to just take the first step, um, if this is, something that you resonate with, Mark, um, you know, kind of just repeat this prayer out loud. But the first one is John three sixteen, And so that is for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son for whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And another one that's really great is Romans ten nine, And it says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I think those are two, (laughs) two scriptures that people need to cling on. And did you have a scripture that you kind of cling, like you clung to throughout, you know, this whole time, or maybe it was just like, Uh, just the whole package. I mean, it wasn't just one. It was just the way everything happened. It would just happen, just happened so fast. It's just like the whole, I mean, yeah, just yeah. the whole thing. Just giving my life to, to the Lord that night at, or that, yeah, that night at mm-hmm. the death of Saya, mm-hmm. when, whenever that was. Mm-hmm. And I gave my life to the Lord, even though I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what I said. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit came in me. Yeah. And then that's when the transforming and the changing started to happen. Yeah. 
Well, that was so awesome. I think, yeah. And I think if you are feeling convicted, you know, just take the first step and you can say Romans 10, 9, 10, 9 and, mm-hmm. and, and you will be saved so that you, you can have this transformation too, just like Mark did, just like the Lord used Mark, he can use you. So, you know, yeah. take the first step. Yeah. Um, and when we share testimonies like this here, mm-hmm. like when, and, and um, if you decide to like click on the link where you want to read some of those real life stories, and you'll see mine in there. <clears throat> so in Hebrew, the definition of testimony is do it again. So when you mm-hmm. share your testimony, right, you're saying do it again for me. Mm-hmm. And God will absolutely do it for you because in the book of Revelation, it says the testimony of Jesus is what conquers. And that's conquering the enemy because we don't deal with flesh and blood. We deal with principalities, demon gods in high places. Yes. Okay. So we can either go for death it with with the devil and right. go his way or Jesus came to give us life yes. and life abundantly right. and he's got a place in heaven already waiting for us already. and you're already ju- justified so it says in Ephesians 2 6 is that we're risen and seated in heavenly places in Christ that's mm-hmm. Ephesians 2 6 so yeah. when you get saved you're instantly you're instantly in t- actually two places. You're yes. seated. It says you're seated in him. Yes. Right? And so, but people, but the enemy will go, oh, no, but look at you. You're still a slob and you're still mm. dirty. You're, mm. But you want to know what, though? His word says that you have to work out your salvation now in fear and trembling. And what that means is you got to work out your deliverance from sin. So God still looks at you as clothed in righteousness. Right. He still looks at you. You're justified, yes. but the devil will, keep, will, will make you Always. think otherwise. Yes. But his word says you're called the righteous. Even though you are, right. you may be walking in it, right. but God's going to work out your growing in grace. Yes. And he's going to highlight to you each and everything as you can handle it. You can go as fast as you want and as mm-hmm. slow as you want. Yeah. And so if you catch that reality, you'll right. be on a fast track. Oh, yeah. You have hope because it'll, it can yeah. change and it can yeah. change fast. Yeah, because God created the, the the world in what, six days and rested on the seventh? Yeah. Well, listen, if he can do this, mm. believe me, he wants to work yeah. with you. He wants to be on a fast track with you. He can make anything happen, okay? Yeah. Just you got to have your heart right, and he knows if you're honest, and he knows if you're just playing games. Exactly. He sees right through the heart. He sees right through it. So that's, I think that's a great way to end. So, yeah, just take this first step, and we encourage you. But thank you so much for being here, Mark. Yeah. Um I just think that you've blessed so many people and it's so awesome. Um, if there's a place that anyone could connect with you, I know um, we're, you are at Cornerstone Church right now in yep. East Long Meadow, so that's mm-hmm. that's where you'll be. And if you guys ever want to join, I go to youth group on Wednesday nights sometimes. I'm tra- <laughs> trying to get there every Wednesday, but um, he's also, Mark's also a leader there, so we could... Um, Totally. Youth group leader. Youth group leader, yeah, yep. with Teresa. And you guys are more than welcome to join. And you guys could just DM me, message me, or we could t- totally work something out. So thank you so much, Mark, for encouraging everyone, yep. and thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Yeah, so it's Cornerstone Church on Kibbe Road in yes. East Long Meadow. Because right. I believe there might be another Cornerstone somewhere else. Yeah, but, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Awesome. Thank awesome. you. Awesome, and thank you so much. God bless everyone. Right. Thank you.